It is Thursday, March 5th, and this is People Every Day. Hello there, everyone, and happy Cinco de Mayo. It's me, Janine Rubenstein. Just want to say thank you to Jason Sheeler for filling in yesterday. We have got some juicy stories for you today, so let's dive right in. Dave Chappelle's camp has addressed the Hollywood Bowl attack. A rep for the 48-year-old comedian said, quote, As unfortunate and unsettling as the incident was, Chappelle went on with the show. Jamie Foxx and Chris Rock helped calm the crowd with humor before Chappelle introduced the last and featured musical guests for the evening. Now, the LAPD confirmed to People Wednesday that the attacker, 23-year-old Isaiah Lee, is being held in custody on $30,000 bond. It was not immediately clear if Lee had retained a lawyer. Other comedians are also commenting on the attack. Comedian Earthquake, who also performed at the Netflix Is a Joke Festival on Tuesday night, told People, Dave handled it like a pro. He is one of the greatest human beings I've ever met in my life. I've known him 30 years. He's a master at his craft. And he added, it all amounts to this. People are really trying to silence our voice. Now, comedian Howie Mandel spoke openly about his concerns after this ordeal, saying, quote, watching what happened to Dave last night confirmed my fear. I was watching it kind of live on Twitter, and I turned to my wife and I said, I don't want to. I don't want to go on stage. I'm just really afraid. Well, still such a surreal moment. I'm sure we will be hearing from more comedians in the days to come. And now we're moving on to a real-life soap opera. General Hospital alum Steve Burton and fitness pro Cherie Burton have been married for 23 years and share three children, McKenna, who's 18, Jack, 16, and seven-year-old Brooklyn. And recently, Cherie shared a photo on her Instagram story holding her baby bump to announce that at age 47, she's expecting their fourth child with a caption that read, Life is sure full of surprise. But the real surprise, who is the father? Steve Burton, who's 51, took to Instagram yesterday with a shocking statement, writing, quote, I wanted to clear something up. Sheree and I are separated. She recently announced that she's expecting her fourth child. The child is not mine. He went on to say that they are still co-parenting the three children that they do share together. I know it's real life, and I hope they are all happy and at peace with it all. But as a longtime soap watcher, All My Children was my fave. This is a pretty classic storyline in soap opera history and was an actual story on General Hospital. You are Robin's mother. That's what you want to believe. And Dr. Cabot, he proposed this mind study. And so she had that memory transferred to me. And I believed that Robin was mine. And I raised her as my daughter. Reps for Cherie did not immediately respond to people's requests for comment. She has not spoken publicly about their separation, nor do we have confirmation on how long they've been separated. It's also worth noting that we learned last fall that Steve Burton is no longer on General Hospital after he was let go for not complying with ABC's vaccination mandate. But you guys, you'll have to tune in tomorrow to hopefully find out who is the father. All right, moving on from melodrama to courtroom drama. Amber Heard took the stand again today, and it seems like the twists and turns of this trial are endless. 
It is day two of Amber Heard on the stand. Johnny Depp is sitting and listening to what she is saying, and we are seeing him with his head down and a lot of scribbling going on. His team's strategy seems to be objecting to a lot of the things she is saying as hearsay. We want to talk about all the very descriptive accounts she is reliving on the stand and and want to make sure you know we will be talking about sexual violence and abuse in this conversation. To help me talk about what we are hearing is people's Charlotte Triggs. Hey, Charlotte. Hey, Janine. How you doing? Well, something that is really being spoken about today is Amber trying to explain to people that Johnny's battle with addiction led to a cycle of verbal and physical abuse. What is she setting up in terms of this cycle with him? She describes kind of the beginning, the early stages of the, of the relationship as this amazing honeymoon period, going all over the world, being on like his private island, him like gifting her like a horse, just like crazy lavish stuff. And then also just connecting in this amazing way. But that then his flaw in the early moments was that he would just go MIA. And that, of course, seemed to correlate with a period that where he would be using or something like that and would just disappear. When they were a little further along in the relationship, that's kind of when, when he would go on a bender, in her words, be drinking heavily or using drugs of any kind, is when the abuse would start to happen. And she does describe beginning to photograph him passed out or in this weird state so that she could show it to the people around him. She felt like if he went out and got wasted and couldn't make it back home, he was a man of such means that he had people who would clean it up for him, you know, and that that was something that needed to stop. That They were enabling him, right, by like going and collecting him from wherever he was and getting him home. She described him using cocaine and drinking alcohol and not eating any food for days on end and not sleeping. And so she was hoping that if she could take these pictures, show it to him, show it to the people around him, that she could make him visualize that it is his rock bottom and that he needs to do something to change. And it turned physical according to her, battle to try and get him clean, right? They had a fight over her co-star, James Franco, and he accused her of liking James Franco or something or having an affair. And it ended up with him kicking her in the back, according to her. And that then he would kind of get himself clean, profusely apologize, like pull out all the stops to show her that he was a changed man, that he would never do that, like sobbing. They have referenced this yesterday the thing about him killing the monster, and the monster was him on drugs. This idea that if he could, like, kill his own demons, that that would solve everything, and then they would have no more problems. Tell me about what she had to say about his kids, his, his daughter, namely. So th- she describes, like, early on, being on a press tour where the kids were in an adjoining room. She'd only just met them. And Johnny got mad at her for something, was screaming at her, and she was so concerned that the kids were going to be in the next room hearing this and wondering, like, wow, what has this horrible woman done to my dad? But then she describes that later they did get quite close. And there was one year where the kids came and were staying with them in the winter in Los Angeles. And she felt like she was really getting to know them finally. But she describes that there were a few parenting things that he was doing that she found really suspect. And this kind of like weird like line of wanting to be protective of his, especially his daughter, Lily Rose, who was just a young teenager at the time, but that realizing that she's not the parent and that her feedback to to Johnny would like make him very angry. I guess Lily was possibly seeing someone in the music industry, a musician who was older than 18, and Johnny let that person sleep over at the house, which Amber was concerned for Lily. And then there was also an instance she brought up where Johnny introduced Lily to marijuana. 
And she did not approve. And she alleges that he had a terrible, a very visceral, ugly reaction to her giving him parenting feedback. Yeah. So some of the worst physical and verbal emotional abuse that she says she faced had to do with jealousy. Jealousy over her with co-stars, jealousy over her career, her exes. So can you can you touch on this for me? She is painting a picture in her testimony of a classic abuser, right? She would put on a sexy dress to go to a premiere and he would say something about how, well, that's the legacy you're going to leave behind and just undercut her confidence entirely. She says that he really hated it when she would have male co-stars and interrogate her about basically every decision to the point that she, you know, obviously she had every intention of building her acting career and describes coming from a working class family. She had this amazing work ethic and the idea of not working was very alien to her. But he would say like, my woman doesn't need to work. You don't need to work. That maybe sounds flattering, but she enjoyed her craft, right? She wanted to be an actress And every time she would get a script or every time she would sign on to something, she said that it had to be this big negotiation. It would be this big, huge fight. She describes having this sort of very defiant attitude. Like when he would hit her, she would make a point of like looking him in the eye or in the other testimony. And we've heard over time, like getting physical back with him. She claims that she hit him once to keep him from pushing her sister down a staircase, which she believed he was going to do. So it's like, Just like he appears to have an answer for everything, she also appears to have an answer for everything. Wow. Well, before ending for the day, this is one other thing that Amber had to say. I just saw his arm. I could feel his arm moving. And it looked like he was punching me. I just remember being really still, not wanting to move. It's never ending. Well, thank you so much, Charlotte, for joining us today. Thanks, Jane. And guys, if you are experiencing domestic violence, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or go to thehotline.org. All calls are toll-free and confidential. The hotline is available 24-7 in more than 170 languages. We have to talk about the inmate in Alabama who escaped with a prison guard on what appears to be a romance on the run. There are just so many layers, and I can't stop reading and watching all of the new details coming out of this. But before we get into that, if you have a mother and you're in need of a gift idea before Sunday, we've got you covered. Right after the break, we're sharing our official Mother's Day gift guide. Stay with us. We are back, and according to author Gary Chapman, there are five love languages by which humans express their love. Acts of service is one, uh, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, and receiving gifts are the others. With Mother's Day around the corner, we thought we'd focus on that last one and help you figure out what to get the mom in your life for Mother's Day. So joining me now is People's Beauty and Style editor, Andrea Laventhal. Hey, Andrea. Hi. It seems like a really obvious way to give the mother in your life the gift she's actually going to love. What's a gift that every mom would love to have? Every mom needs a new bag, something to schlep all of her family's crap in, but make it cute. 
It's going to have goldfish cracker crumbs that you're never going to get out. There's going to be half-eaten lollipops and Band-Aids and all kinds of disgusting stuff. But a cute bag is a cute bag. So my favorite brands for mom totes are a Negetti, N-A-G-H-E-D-I. They're made by a mom. They're washable. Mine right now has a blue splattered all over it because we just went to a carnival and my kid dropped his snow cone, blue raspberry snow cone. Guess what? It's going to wash right off. No problem. I'm a chill mom. Speaking of, Dagny Dover, another great brand. I have their fanny pack because, hello, if you're a mom, embrace fanny pack life. Hands-free. You got the sanitizer right where you need it. You got your phone right where you need it. Another great, like, can't go wrong category, skincare. Pamper her. I would say anything by Supergoop. Really hot sunscreen brand. Makes great products. They have little gift sets. Everything. It's like elevated sunscreen. Get her one of those cool face tools. If you want to go really expensive, there's the Jillian Dempsey Gold Sculpting Bar. It gives a beautiful sculpted look. Lots of celebrity makeup artists use it on their clients before they apply makeup to like give a immediate lifted look. Well, I've seen a lot of moms who love to do the whole matching outfits thing on Instagram, and it's it's kind of cute. So mommy and me outfits I put on the list. They used to be really dorky. Let's be honest. Super cheesy, super cutesy, matchy-matchy. Now they're really chic because a lot of cool brands are creating them. So Reformation does it now. Alice and Olivia, the site Masonette has a whole section devoted to mommy and me dressing. It could be as simple as sweatshirts, pajamas, a dress. Okay, what if you're thinking about something in the jewelry department? You could go two different ways here. Do moms love their children's initials on a piece of jewelry? I think they do. At this point, I don't own a piece of jewelry that has my own initials on it anymore. So maybe if you're going to go that route and pick one of those beautiful initial necklaces or rings or bracelet, add her initial as well. Reminds her that she is still a human in this world on her own. I also love the idea of doing a something cool like upgrading her wedding bands or her diamond ring with like a cool stackable. They're not as expensive as say buying a full engagement ring or a big diamond band, but you know, it's a fun little piece that she can add to her ring stack. (laughs) Thank you so much, girl. Well, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you, to me, to all of us. This next story is one I cannot look away from. Vicki White is an Alabama corrections officer who allegedly helped a prisoner named Casey White escape from prison. The two disappeared last Friday and have not been seen since. More information has come to light about their breakaway, as well as their relationship, which authorities confirmed was romantic. I have so many questions here, so joining me now to answer them all is People's senior true crime reporter, Chris Harris. Hey, Chris. Hey, how are you? Good. Tell me more about how they escaped. Like, what are the details of how they pulled it off? It was Friday morning, just a regular day at the jail. Turns out this was Vicki White's last day. She had turned in her retirement papers the day before. She asked, you know, her colleagues to bring this guy Casey White up, said that he had to go to the court for a psychiatric evaluation as part of his ongoing case. 
But there was no such appointment, and she just led him right out of the jail, right into a police car, which they abandoned not even an hour later. There's a surveillance video showing them. She holds the door open for him, and he's in shackles and handcuffs, but, you know. Oh, my God. Well, it's amazing that they were able to pull this off. I mean, as we mentioned earlier, authorities confirmed that their relationship was romantic. But given what Casey was in jail for, one of his victims publicly said that Vicky should, quote, get the hell out, run, run as far as you can away from him. So tell us, what was Casey in jail for in the first place? Yeah, no, these, uh, this is a pretty dangerous guy. He was awaiting trial on two counts of capital murder. He killed an elderly woman years ago, but he was actually already in jail because he went on a crime spree in 2015. He robbed a bunch of people. He burglarized a bunch of people and even tried to kill this woman who was the woman who actually gave this warning. And he said, he actually said if he ever got out of prison, he was going to track this woman down to murder her. So yeah, he stabbed this 58 year old woman to death in 2020. And then, you know, uh, this woman, she spoke to a local uh, news station uh, out in Alabama, and she said that she wants this woman, Vicki White, to do the right thing and, and, and turn herself in before someone else is, is killed here. So tell me about this relationship. Like, how do authorities know they were a couple? Well, you know, they disappeared on Friday morning. Police didn't actually know that they were gone until about 3 p.m. that same day, you know, because they didn't return. Yeah, so basically they interviewed a bunch of uh, inmates in the prison over the weekend, and they, you know, told the detectives and investigators that, yeah, we saw them talking, we saw them getting cozy. There's even a record of her visiting him in a prison when he was transferred there. So she actually went to a different facility to, to go see him. I mean, prisoners... They have all the time in the world, according to psychiatrists that I've I've seen talk about this case. And so they're very good at, at figuring out how to manipulate vulnerable people if they identify a vulnerable person. And, and then they can twist their words and make them fall in love with them and, and help them escape. I mean, this woman literally, like everyone apparently that she works with, is heartbroken that she's you know, turn to the dark side, so to speak, because this is not who she was. They, they don't recognize this woman. Wow. And what happens now? I mean, what steps are being taken to find them? The FBI is involved. The federal marshals are involved. Local state authorities. I mean, there's a $15,000 reward being offered for any information that leads to where these two are. Authorities don't think they're in Alabama anymore. They were spotted driving a 2007 Ford Edge. They were Alabama tags, but we don't have the information on what the tag number was. And now Vicki White, who was with the sheriff's office for 25 years, described as an exemplary employee, is facing criminal charges for helping facilitate this prison escape. If you do see these two people, uh, authorities are saying, just call 911 right away, because it is very possible that this Casey White, who, you know, almost killed a woman, did kill a woman, has a gun, and that he will use it. Oh, gosh. Well... If you want more on this story and and to see pictures and all of that, head over to people.com. It's wild. And I appreciate you taking the time to break it all down with me, Chris. We will continue to keep you all updated as more information comes to light. Thanks. No problem. Well, it is Teacher Appreciation Week this week, and after the last two years, teachers need love and praise now more than ever. And there are very few people who are more influential in your life than a really good teacher. One teacher who's gained a massive following on TikTok is chemistry teacher Phil Cook. 
Mr. Cook's mission is to get kids excited about science and curious about the world around them. Now, his TikTok channel, um, at Kim Teacher Phil, has over 3.7 million followers. He has tons of mesmerizing videos where he cut open a glow stick and broke down all of the chemicals, or his other video about how hair dye works. All of his videos are so quick and interesting. You learn a lot in such a short amount of time, like his latest video where he turned a seashell into a light bulb. Just listen. Seashells are mostly calcium carbonate, which will break down when you heat it into carbon dioxide gas and calcium oxide, also known as lime. And when these chunks of lime are heated super hot, they'll emit a blinding white light in a process called candoluminescence. Lime lights were used in theaters in the 19th century for stage lighting and spotlights before the advent of electricity. So if you were the center of attention during the play, you were literally basking in the limelight. And that's where the phrase being in the limelight came from. I had no idea where standing in the limelight came from. (laughs) You seriously need to check out these incredible videos for yourself. Thank you, Mr. Cook, and all of you amazing teachers out there for all that you do for our students. And thanks to all of you for joining us again today. We'll be back tomorrow to send you off into the weekend on People Every Day.